and welcome to a special bonus episode of Art Juice. This is honest, generous, humorous conversations to feed your creative soul and get you thinking. And we've decided to do an extra bonus surprise episode because Alice and I have been doing a lot of talking over the last week or so with each other and with other people about the upcoming CVP program, Creative Visionary Program, which opens for enrollment today. We've been having chats amongst ourselves about what it meant to us and how it changed things for us, but we've also been answering a lot of questions in DMs and messages and emails and on Facebook and within our Facebook group. And we thought that this would be a useful topic to cover and that perhaps our experiences and our thoughts might be helpful. Yeah, so if you know that you are not remotely interested in CVP, this might be one that you can skip. Um, However, I think some of the things that perhaps we're going to talk about are applicable to work in general. We're going to try and keep this one a little bit shorter, so this isn't a great uh, long episode, but we just thought that this would be a nice, nice way for you to hear a little bit more kind of personal viewpoint, really, about CVP and what a difference it made for us. So when did you take CVP, Alice? Well, do you know, it's a long time ago. It's 2016. So this is the fifth time it's run and it's changed in that time. I mean, the core principles are the same. So the core principles are design, value, color, texture, risk and soul. And those obviously don't change. So some people this week have been saying, oh, the workshop's the same as last year. And it's like, well, (laughs) the core principles of making art haven't changed from 2019 to 2020. It's still talking about the things that the most important thing to make your art stronger. Um, The workshop this year has included some extras. uh, So there have been more live sessions from Nick and there have been those workshops. All of this is still available. If you're listening to this, you can still catch up on all of this. There is a link on both of our websites directly to it. And you can still watch all of that free content until the 26th of February. So if you haven't made time or you watched the first one or the second one, for goodness sake, make sure you go and watch the third one because I was doing comments yesterday after the third one on using colour went out. And I tell you, the comment feed went absolutely crazy. This is the one that people love. It's the one yeah. I love because like colour for me in my work is, it, it's just, um, it's the most enjoyable part about painting. But the options on colour, how we use colour are huge. It's endless. There is a world of colour. So having this as a way to really understand it, I think was the biggest deal for me. But yeah, I took it in 20, 2016, which was the first time that they ran it. And what year did you take? 2018. Okay. So, so yeah, two years after. So it had changed already quite a bit by then, I think, in the yeah. way it was run. And then it's evolved again since then. But I think always... Um, so far anyway improving you know everything gets better we iterate as we go don't we that's the aim that's always the intention and from last year and this year having been involved as part of the team and you know seeing the way that they make decisions it's always done from a point of view of what's going to help people get the most from it um yeah. and you know the comments on the workshop this year have been i can't believe you're giving this away for free he genuinely wants you to make your work better So, you know, that's why it happens for free. And it's only once a year because it takes a huge amount of effort to create it for everybody, which I hope you've been able to see. 
Yeah. And that brings up a really good question, which I've heard people ask. And I asked in the year when I decided to take it, which is if I've had all this already for free, yeah. um, why do I need to go sign up for that? Because I remember thinking, well, he's already told me about value, design, and color and given me amazing information. I agree with you. The color one just blew my mind because I'd always hated color theory. And now all of a sudden here was a way to think about color that I could get my head around and enjoy. Um, And I remember thinking, is there going to be that much more? But although once I heard him start to talk about it, I kind of realized straight away, yes, of course, there's so much more. Um, but what do you think about that? What's the difference between what you get in the free workshop and what you get in the full program? Well, without going through all the details of the full workshop, so you'll need to go to the page and have a look at everything that it contains and how it's delivered. Colour, as an example, is two weeks in the full workshop. You've had a section of colour. So the, the depth of information is much, much greater. Uh, the support is there. It's available to you for an entire year. So the idea is that you work through it in sequence alongside everybody else for the 12 weeks that the program runs, but you have access to it for a full year. So anytime when you're working, you can come back, you can review, you can listen to things again that the first time you thought, okay, I got that. Then you go back and you listen to it again and you understand things on a whole deeper level. So your work will continue to change over the entire course of the year. I'm still making changes to my work now, five years later as a result of what I learned. It's just so integrated into my practice. But of course, the other thing is like we, there's a certain amount that we learn from listening and getting these light bulb moments, but we need to practice it. Like our art practice is a practice. So there is, you have physical, practical steps that start right at the beginning and take you through an entire sequence of work that you can make all the way through the course to the end. So it's not just watching, it's doing as well. And I think that's the big difference. It's not just you watch and you go away and you get on with your life. This is something that once you actually do it, it actually, that's when it's going to make, become the thing that makes a difference for your work. Yeah. And I think one of the things for me that it's great to learn about value and color and design, at least on a top level, as he teaches in the workshop, it's also about what you want to say with your work and what you want it to be about and mm-hmm. or how you want it to look or how you want it to feel. And we, you really get into that in the beginning. I say we, cause I'm taking it again this year. I, I love taking it. Mm-hmm. It's a refresher mm-hmm. and it keeps me in that community. And when we run our private Facebook group, it means I know what everybody else is up to. So I say we, cause I'm doing it again, but that whole first few weeks, which is about focusing on yourself, what you care about, your visions for your work, your visions for your life, all of that is so important if you know even before you start worrying about value contrast and and then you learn how to integrate all this so that if i want a sense of of peace or if i want a sense of drama this is these are the decisions i need to make in all these areas and you like you said i just keep learning about that i'm still learning about that from the things I learned in those 12 weeks, it just keeps giving and giving and giving and something will happen when I'm painting. And I think, 
oh, that's, you know, what they were talking about. Or, yeah, remember when Nick said such a thing. Um, it, it really has become part of everything that I do. Yeah, I'm looking forward to those first few weeks as well as well actually and actually that's a that is a a, g- a good point is that those first few weeks for people who are like oh I'm not organized um I, I was away for the first 10 days the time that I took it we were on a family holiday I was packing when I heard about it and there was this kind of emergency panic to get the money together to pay for it. <laughs> there was no payment plan then. It was like, you're either in, you're, it's either a hell yeah, as Nick would say, or you're out. Um, so I was away, but the first few weeks aren't, they're a little bit um, slower to give everybody time to get used to the portal with the way everything is structured. So it's obviously not run just within a Facebook group. There's a complete website and everything for it. So it gives people time to get used to that whole system, um, to order materials for the practical work. And those first couple of weeks are to do with this idea of looking at your work, asking the kind of questions that sometimes we don't get around to ourselves. I mean, I know we did best art year ever. Um, and for lots of people, they really enjoyed that. This is almost taking similar ideas and applying it to your work and you know we need to do that all the time as artists I'm going to be doing that alongside everybody again this time I do it on a regular basis did you have do you remember when you did that the first time and I know you were on a holiday so you might have been rushing through that part yeah but can you remember any realizations or or you know just reveals to yourself about what you wanted to do with your work from that I think I found that a little bit difficult that time. And I think it might have been because I was I was watching and um, catching up while I was away. So the only way that I did it at that point was as notes in a notebook, not even mm-hmm. within a sketchbook. So it was much more writing based uh, rather than anything visual. Um, but... I have shared before a couple of weeks ago, you know, my scrapbooks that I've kept. What it did to was it made me go back to those very much like you said when we talked about that and think, oh, oh, that's why that triggered something in me. That's why that's important. So I was so new, I think, to this idea of... um trying to pull threads from other things in life that were going to have an impact on my art. And it's not the kind of thing that's usually, or certainly for me, hadn't been covered. If you go to a physical workshop with people, they don't usually have the time to go through this. So I think having the time to look into that was really helpful. But like I say, I do it again on a regular basis and my ideas have changed. They've developed in a way, but that was the first step for it. What was your favorite Uh, part? Oh, my favorite part was, well, two things. Color. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because I've got color theory books that lie untouched. Like I open them and then I just go, ugh, my brain shuts down. It feels like maths class or something and I just can't do it. Yeah. But so color, it was just a way into it that now I think color is probably the most important part of my work and the thing I look at other people's work. But the other thing was, um, uh, the the loud and quiet conversation, which anybody who's gone through the free workshop has been introduced to the loud and quiet conversation. And I was just thinking when you were talking, I remember in those first, in the free workshop when he talked about that, there's a painting, my favorite painting I've ever seen in real life is Jasper John's painting flag. And it mm. used to be in a gallery in New York when I lived there and I used to visit regularly and look at it. 
And I used to think, I don't know why I like this. It's just a flag. And mm. why do I love this so much? But when you're up close to it, he, he had tiny pieces of paper all soaked in wax, newsprint all soaked in wax, which he then pasted to make the flag. So it's actually collaged out of painted and waxed pieces. And so there's incredible texture and depth when you get up close. And so I just remember the light bulb of like, it's the quiet conversation. Yeah. It's the fact that when you get up close, it's so exciting to look at yeah. is why I loved it so much. So it was things like that I was bringing in to, okay, so that I know that'll be an important part of what I do. And it is now. I mean, I, I sometimes I think I still overdo it a bit, but I want every single part of my painting to have some little thing happening in it, even if it's incredibly subtle, but not to be boring anywhere. So those were, I think, my two favorite things. Um, but I also think I don't, just the way it all fits together, it gave me a sense that I had a voice. And I used to think I didn't. I used to think I'm like, like when talent and voices were given out, I just wasn't in the queue. I was somewhere else that day and I'm derivative. Everything I do in my art is derivative. And getting to understand Nick's belief, which some of you will have seen in the free workshop, that we all can do this because we're all unique people. Mm. And so, of course, we all have something unique to say. That was the big freeing revelation for me. So now I could stop worrying and just start, creating whatever it was I was supposed to create yeah I think um, my, my favorite thing which was my um visceral reaction to watching him actually paint not because I want to paint like him but when you actually see somebody from beginning to end on a painting making moves like that it just gave me such free license. I mean, like I used to talk to my screen. I used to say, what? You can't do, don't do that. Why have you just done that? You know, <laughs> why did you cover that bit up? <laughs> totally. And, um, and it's not even now that I work like that in terms of always totally covering things up, but just physically watching those paintings transform and come to life had such impact on the license that I gave myself to create work in a way that I wanted to. And um, I, really I can't imagine anywhere else where, I mean, I know artists show things on YouTube, but not, not in that depth, not to that extreme and explaining what they're doing all the time from be totally from beginning to end. And I think, the whole approach of it, the whole feel of I'm sharing this so that to give you the information to make your work better was just, it's, it was just a total delight, real total it's, delight. It's funny because the other day I was on YouTube looking at your channel. can't remember why. I wasn't stalking you, I promise. Not but much on, on there was... <laughs> Now, on there was the first video of yours that I ever saw, and I saw it on Instagram. And I remember the feeling I had was like I was stumbling around in the dark and someone reached out a hand and said, you're not on your own. And it, all you were doing was talking in your studio, in your home studio where you used to work. 
can't even remember what you were saying. It was just normal talk about what you were working on. But I was like, oh, there's someone, she's got videos. I can watch them. You didn't have as many as I thought you were going to have. You still don't. And then you introduced me, but then you introduced me to Nick. And it was the same with him. As people have seen now, it's the gener- it's the generosity of just sharing with other people everything yeah. you know, yeah. not holding anything back. That blew my mind when I took that course. Um, okay. I can't believe he's not keeping something for part two, but he didn't. It was all there. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk then about downsides because the year that I did it, um, there were fewer people. And if you kept up and submitted work, every single piece got reviewed, which meant that every week there was about, there were all the lessons to watch. There were all the live calls to watch. And there was about five hours extra a week of every single person's image adjustments. It was a shit. Yeah. It was (laughs) a load to watch. And actually, um, and the thing that, the thing that happened was it, um, you wanted to watch them because you didn't want to miss out, but you did do that thing of going, where's mine? Where's mine? Where's mine? And yeah. then like when yours came along, you'd kind of pay attention and then maybe the person would make changes that you would feel, well, that's not really quite how I was working or what I was intending. And a lot of them were quite repetitive because they're this, like, we have the same issues. Like we all do the same thing. So we all tend to do shapes that are about hand size shapes and too many of things that are the same size within a painting or have a tender. I have a tendency to always put things up in the top right hand corner. I still do. But, you know, there are lots of issues that people do that are the same. So it was a bit repetitive. So that first year was uh, quite heavy on video watching, like seriously heavy on video watching. And that's one of the things that's changed over time. So um, in terms of, because I know that this is one of the questions that comes up and I'd be really interested to hear you explain. Um, People say, well, I want individual feedback. This is quite expensive. I want individual feedback of my work. How am I going to get that? So from your point of view, how do people get feedback from the work? And then I'll chime in if there's anything that we've missed. Uh, Well, that's interesting because by the time I did it, there was not so much individual feedback. So when I did it, there were about 500 artists took it, I think, that year. And we didn't get individual feedback. We could submit work for calls for live coaching calls and if the work was suitable to teach other people they would choose your piece and and edit and adjust it and for anybody who doesn't know image adjustment just means that they take your painting put it in photoshop and make suggested changes to show you how you might apply the principles um i didn't i i've never particularly felt i i benefited from that I I don't like that. I don't like someone else touching my paintings or changing them. I think I have to find my own way. What I loved about, about the way it's taught is exactly that, that it wasn't about, let me take your hand and show you how to paint a picture. Let me tell you what you've done right. Let me tell you what you've done wrong. I, I think of it as that saying about, do you want to give a man a fish or teach a man to fish Mm. or a woman, if a woman wants to fish, but, um, do you want to, I wanted to learn how to fish. So I wanted to learn how to critique and adjust my own work. And I find it very difficult when someone critiques or adjusts my work to view it non, you know, dispassionately. 
But when it's somebody else's painting that's up on the screen and that's been shown, I can really see what's happening and really understand it because I'm not attached to that work and I, and I don't know why they were doing what they were doing. Or So I love that aspect of it. So the way they did it, and I believe the way it will be this year, is they choose images that they feel will be most helpful to everyone as a concept. And then they edit it and explain it to you. But you don't have to watch hours and hours of video waiting for yours to come up. You you get to learn from seeing what they're doing with other people's work. And I just found that invaluable. Invariably, after those sessions, I would go make changes to my own work. Yeah, because I think I can, when, it's, yeah. when it's your work, you've got, you've got your... Um, fixed whatever you had in your mind already while you were making it so when somebody makes a change if it doesn't tie in with that it's it's a either hard to break away from what you were already thinking and it can also be hard to then get away with from what they have then proposed is a change and none of these proposed changes are ever the one solution for it they're just ideas and suggestions so um i think that's perhaps why it's helpful to see more on other people's work but um i just want to say how we do this but if you if you don't know what we're talking about um you can find out more about what the whole cvp program um, involves if you go directly to this link it's bit.ly slash cvp 2020 or there's information on both of our websites so that alicesheridan.com or louisefletcherart.com but in terms of feedback what happens in terms of your own work is most of the content is within a whole uh, membership portal so it's all organized for you Um, you go through lessons are released week by week there is live coaching um, twice a week Um, Within There is a Facebook group, and within that Facebook group, they create an album for every single person that takes part so that you have a place to upload your work so that you can look at it and see the progress from week one all the way through to the end. Then there is also an album each week, which is where you would submit work to, and that's where the coaches draw examples from in order to teach. So that there is, that's how the involvement goes with your work and what's used as part of the coaching calls. I think I've covered that. Yeah. And I think if, you know, I've heard so many stories. I never went to art school, but I can't count how many artists have told me that they were destroyed by a critique in art school Mm. and that they, you know, it was horrible and mean and cruel. And the thing about the feedback I loved in CVP is first it was generous and kind, always, never cruel. And secondly, as I say, because you're not being critiqued in front of a bunch of people, you can very happily stay in the background and just learn if that's mm-hmm. your comfort zone. If you don't want to submit work, you don't have to. Yep. And I think I only submitted one piece in the whole course and it was with a specific question, which was answered for me. And um, Yeah, and as a coach, I would definitely say that if you, if you, want, um, if you want specific feedback, if you within that kind of question of the week or challenge of the week I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be called this year if you just post 
your image, it's less likely to be used unless it's a particularly excellent example of something that needs changing. Whereas if you post a question alongside it, that we feel that other people at that time, we kind of, we can take the pulse, we can feel what's going on in the group. um, And we can feel generally, and it changes from year to year. So the kind of questions that are arising, if we start to see a lot of those coming up in the group, that's specifically something that we're going to pick up on and use. So if you really want that just make sure in in the same way that i would recommend everybody posts on social media um post something alongside it so that there's something for us to respond to so that uh, the team and the coaches can look at it and go right that's something that i can really help that person with and then that will also help others so that's quite a good little tip that came out of that. i love that i love that tip for facebook in general because people will say why didn't i get any comments on mm. the work i shared in a in a facebook group and it's usually because they didn't ask for anything specific or say anything specific and yeah. so people don't know what to say yeah so i love that anyway other downsides um what about the amount of time needed to do it now when i did it i was working full time and um so i had to do the cvp work in the evening usually about nine o'clock i would go over to my over the garage where i work and watch videos and do a bit of painting um how many hours do you think it takes a week for people with busy lives well the actual lessons are short chunks so um they are between how many do you get each week maybe five video it varies up to about Maybe seven, five to seven. Three to seven each week. And those vary between maybe seven to 10. Sometimes you get a longer 12, 15 minute one. Um, So that's probably 45-ish minutes to watch the whole week if you were going to sit down and watch it all in one go. Um, And then, of course, there's your own time. And Nick advocates that we do little and often so if you can do 20 minutes half an hour this was a real revelation for me before then I felt like it wasn't worth me coming to the studio to paint unless I had a three-hour chunk of time and the way that the lessons were released for me is that they used to come out on a Friday so that people had time to work on it over the over the weekend but for us in the UK that meant that they used to arrive at five o'clock on a Friday afternoon which was exactly when I had both children home from school and like my entire week had just finished and I had no no time now to do anything but it's fine because you can watch those you can start thinking about what you're going to be working on uh, on your own panels that you work on through the course and then you can go back and do that whenever you've got the time in the week so as long as you've got I would say if you had three sections of painting time within a week some people do it all in one go and like on a Sunday afternoon or something but if you had three little moments of painting times a week of between 20 to 30 minutes you make progress yeah yeah I agree with that yeah I did a lot more because I was I was so into it I mean I was for 12 weeks I was immersed in cvp and i so i did a lot more and that's the thing you can do as much or as little as you want i watched every coaching call i nick kept saying nobody listens to all these coaching calls but me (laughs) the dweeb in the corner listens to everything (laughs) but some people wait you know some people save the coaching calls and they don't watch them live during the course because you get access for the whole year what some people do is they watch the lessons they do the work 
And then when the kind of live 12 week interaction is finished, they go through and they watch everything again. And that time they layer in the coaching calls because then it feels like you're getting an extra layer of information at a later date. So there isn't, uh, I mean, there's all sorts of extra tips that happens in the coaching calls. And what we do on those is we do image adjustments. We have physical demonstrations. We have examples of other artists' work we show. Uh, we talk about how that applies to what we're learning each week. So they're quite kind of um, uh, mixed, multi-interest calls. It's not just us sitting talking to a screen. Takes takes yeah. a while to put them together. It has to be said. <laughs> Now, we have had quite a few questions from people that have come into us that have been asked over and over again. And yeah. so why don't we quickly, because um, I think we're going on uh, quite yeah. a, a bit, as we usually do, why don't we quickly whiz through some of the ones that have come up over and over again and see what we think? So um, somebody's, at, well, many people have asked us, it's, does it work if I do representational work? So Nick's yeah. an abstract painter. How does this work? Yeah, and I don't want to do art that looks like Nick's. And and but what if I don't paint triangles? And um, yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. You don't paint triangles. <laughs> yeah, it totally fits. It the whole principles totally fit. Whether you're doing a landscape or still life or uh, portraits, the idea of uh, how you are choosing to use these differences will fit your work. Any painting is a collection of um, different color and value shapes and marks on a flat surface. That's what it is. Now, Nick goes so far as to say that this applies to sculptural work as well. And I think it does. And um, there are people, uh, there was even, I'm thinking of Sue McNenley, who uh, is a jeweler primarily. And um, she took it a couple of years ago and found it had a huge impact on the way that she actually conceived of all her work together. So she works with... um, silver work, gold work, and encaustic all together. The actual physical practical exercises are painting-based. So I think this is one of the things that is worth bearing in mind. If you only want to work in watercolours and you love working in watercolours, all of these principles totally apply. The way that he teaches, he encourages you to work in a particular process using acrylic paint because you can make changes quickly and you can learn from it. I would recommend that you follow that because that's the learning process. Then you can go away and apply it to exactly how you work, to watercolor, any oil, anything. But the way of learning, I think the way he teaches, he has got years of experience of teaching this way. And and he teaches this way because it allows people to make changes. Remember, what we're doing is taking what you know already, learning how to work in a slightly different way. But representational work makes perfect sense for this. It It doesn't matter. It doesn't make any difference whether you're drawing something that is a landscape of a tree in a house or abstract work. It's still ultimately about what you're putting into that painting that's going to make it unique and special, that's going to make it jump off the wall for somebody else. Does that answer that? It does. And one of the things I should quickly say here, because we haven't mentioned, I don't think yet, is that during CVP, for anybody who signs up through us, we're running a special Facebook group where you'll be able to talk to us about your work or or talk to the group, ask for support, ask for feedback. And um, that turned out to be really valuable last year. And so if you're doing representational work and you're in the big CVP program and you feel like 
most people are abstract and you want extra guidance and support, you, you can have that with us. And there, but there are other representational painters every year and some really good ones as well. Yeah, and I um, think like anything else that's online, what tends to happen is you find other people who are interested in similar things than you are. I mean, I've I've made some particular good friends with a with a couple of artists, you know, primarily because we were similar ages. We had we had children similar age, we had similar struggles about finding time, working alongside children. Our work is very different. We live on opposite sides of the world. But um, there are always some people within a group that you kind of, you know, chime with a little bit more. And the, the big group, we don't know at the moment how many people will take this. There are a number of alumni retaking it for all the reasons that Louise has said. So when you look at the numbers in that big group, bear in mind that a lot of those people, they're not all people taking it for the first time. They're people who know the system. They know the process. They have that lovely, relaxed feeling of knowing what's coming ahead <laughs> and they can be there to help you, but it's not all new beginners. So, yeah. or people who are new to the program. So when you look at that number in the big group, just remember that that includes a whole load of people who are retaking it as well. It can be a bit daunting, that big group. And um, certainly I would advise that there are ways that you want to change your notification setting, but the group that we will be running will be, will for certain be a lot smaller than that. It's not an official CVP group. It's just something that we do as an addition because we felt it would be helpful for people. Um, I think we need to talk about the biggie, don't we? Which is... Um, the cost money. of it. Money. Show me the money. <laughs> it's a biggie. It is a biggie. It was huge for me when I took it. It was huge. I had two things had happened. I had just had an exhibition in a very small local gallery where I'd sold some paintings, um, equaling about £1,500 in sales in, for me. And... We were not in a good position financially, particularly at that time. And we just had a big tax bill and blah, blah, blah. And I was quite nervous about saying to my husband, I want to spend this money. He's super supportive, but you know, it's our money and we had things, bills to pay and things. And I just made this money, which had given mm. us a bit of relief. And then I was saying, but I want to use it. Mm. And so I actually took him to the pub, um, I remember, and bought him a drink. <laughs> and then I said, um, this thing I want to do. And of course he was fine, but it, it's a, it was a huge leap for me. It didn't matter what his reaction was. It was my kind of guilt over this is our money and I'm taking it for myself. Yeah. And he said, no, it's your money, it's your paintings, but we've always shared our money. So it was huge. And I felt it was a huge financial risk. But can I just say, and this is, you know, this sounds nuts, but when I look back on it, it mm -hmm. wasn't a huge, it wasn't a risk because mm -hmm. the amount of money that I've made as a result of taking that course mm -hmm. that I could never have made if I hadn't taken it. But you don't know that when you're going in. So you don't. So so I let, totally understand. Let me put this into context a little bit as well. Um, so I don't remember exactly which years were which were which figures, but um, it is two thousand dollars. So at the time, that for me was about sixteen hundred pounds UK money, and there was a long uh, uh, section of time where I was making about two thousand pounds worth of sales from my work in an entire year. So yeah. this was like, 
my entire revenue almost going back into one thing. And it was, it was a bit, I had never spent that much money on a single thing ever before in my life. Certainly not on something that just I enjoyed. Okay. Maybe a car or, you know, new sofa or something like that, that but not on just me. And it was, I didn't tell my husband. I took money out of my ISA and because I just felt uh, this is going to make a difference. So the decision for me was, if I want to do this, what I've got to be damn sure is that I work through it and it makes a difference for me. And then I think the the year after, like I said, I can't remember exactly, but this was definitely the point that my art, not only my art sales, but my art sales, my confidence, scaling up my work. When you start to make bigger work, it starts to get more expensive, all of that thing, you know, it tripled and then it tripled and then it tripled, you know, it, yeah. it, it was, but you've got, you've got to, you've got to do the work. Just buying the course isn't going to be the answer. So, and the other thing is they do have a payment plan now. Uh, so you can split it. That does mean that you end up paying a little bit more. Um, but that is an option for you. And the other thing is that there is a uh, 30 day guarantee. So if you join and then within 30 days, you decide it's not for you, you can get a complete refund. And lots of the courses that are out there that are at this level say, oh, we'll give you a refund if you prove prove that you've done the work they don't do that um, because there is no interest for them in having people within the program for whom it's not a good fit that's totally what that refund is about I think what what makes it such a good program actually because I've taken other courses also and never anything that costs that much the 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 cost means that the other people in it with you are serious about it too Mm. and committed because like you say when you've paid that money you do the work Mm. and that creates this little pod of of creativity and learning and growth together which I think is really valuable but uh yes it is expensive except once you've done it you realize it's not at all expensive for what you got um, you know, the value, like I can I went on a workshop three days in the Dales with David Tress. That was 500 pounds. That's about $700. That was three days. This was 12 weeks of intensive learning every day. Yeah. I, since then, this was the first time that I'd done it. And I remember thinking, I don't even get how this is going to work. How can you teach art online? This is like, I surely I need to be somewhere with somebody actually showing me. Um, So this was the first thing like this that I did. I have done one thing every year since that actually, this is obviously the magic price point. (laughs) Everything else has been this same price point every year since. Nothing else comes close. Nothing else comes close in terms of like, if you think that this is going to be a lot of people, one of the things I took, I think there was something like 4,000 members. I mean, it was, (gasps) I know, I know. So this wasn't an art thing though. No, that wasn't an art thing. That wasn't an art thing, but just in terms of the content and the way it's delivered and what it gives you to go away with, um, it, 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 I think it really is good. And it hasn't changed. The price hasn't changed since you started it. So, um, yeah, that is quite amazing. Actually, it hasn't gone up. Yeah. Um, one of the big concern that's come up a few times from people I've talked to is, am I ready? Am I? Yep at the right level for this. And actually that's come from really experienced people saying 
is this too junior for me? And it's come mm. from really uh, beginner people saying, am I ready? Um, somebody said they have all kinds of different work and she doesn't have anything consistent. Mm-hmm. So what's your thought about that? I think from watching people go through it at different stages that you get different things out of it. I think when you come into it more at a beginner stage, there are certain experience, certain things in your work that you don't have because they come from experience. But um, a lot of the way we learn about art is practice. It's, it's trial and error, if you like. You know, experience is trial and error. It's doing something and learning from it. And this just makes that so much quicker, like so much easier to have that support. Like when I look back at some of my early paintings and I'm like, oh, that's why that didn't work. That's so obvious. Now, <laughs> now it still means you need to practice and, and catch it. So I think that when you come to it a little bit earlier on, it really helps you understand your work, understand what you want to do. And you use these principles in order to make sure that you're getting there quicker. But I also think that people who are doing it later on, so people who are a little bit more experienced, you can go much deeper into how all these different elements and all these different principles work in your work. So you can start to look at the things that are going to make it really sophisticated, really nuanced and take it to that next level. So, and we know this from people who come back and take it year after year, because that's another question. Why would I do it again? Because yeah. you go through one stage and you learn it in one way and then you do it again. So you get it at a really good deal again because he knows that when you go through it a second time, your work is at a different level and you understand things and you put them into action in a different way. So um, the only f- thing that I would say that it's not ready for is if you're not ready to... Um, If you've got a really fixed idea of the way that you want to work and exactly what you want to do, then I think it's not the right thing for you. So, um, and that doesn't just come down to subject matter. That comes down to being uh, open-minded about the way you learn and the way that you take responsibility for bringing ideas into your own work. So if you just want something that's a very straightforward um okay here is a painting I'm going to show you how to paint it that's not what this course is that's not what he's intending to do and that's not what you'll get from it um it's not right for you if you're just going to buy it and think that that's going to be the solution yeah I was going to say there's a lot of people who buy courses and then don't do the work. And actually, I must put my hand up in a totally unrelated thing. I bought two courses recently and then did nothing about them, didn't even watch a single call. They were cheap courses. I wouldn't have spent the money and then do nothing. But yeah, uh, if you buy it and then you just let let the... A big problem I see is people letting the more experienced artists intimidate them. So they see someone in, they see an alumni in the group post their work or someone who's, you know, very experienced artist who's taken CVP and then they let that intimidate them. 
you you have to focus on yourself and your improvement from the beginning to the end and not focus on the people around you because number one there are a lot more experienced people on it as well as a lot less experienced people there's always all the scale everyone at all levels of that but also then you're just wasting your time comparing yourself to other people instead of getting them squeezing the most out of every second of what you're being given is you know it's such a waste to compare to other people so I have seen a few people get derailed by that so I would say it's important to have a talk with yourself first and make sure that you're gonna you know look at what you do in the first painting week and look at what you do in the last painting week and only compare to that and don't compare to anything else and one other thing that that prompted an idea in me is I think uh, one of the problems that as, as a coach sometimes we see is if people, um, if they've missed a few weeks, they jump into like week five and they've skipped weeks two, three and four and they think, oh, I'll just come in a week five. You missed the foundation, right? There is a reason why this is structured in this way. There is a total reason why it starts with what it starts with and it goes through to the end. So uh, I think it's important that you do uh, follow the process that it's teaching you because that gives you the grounding. It's, it's like it starts really early on with uh, just using black and white. Um, I hated that. Actually, I'll tell you what I hated even more is I hated the limited color palette week. Really? That was all. I loved that. That was like, that opened the doors for me. I still use that limited palette a lot. Yeah. Well, I think I might enjoy it a little bit more now, but it felt like a really awkward halfway stage. But I hated black and white. But but now this time I'm looking forward to black and white. Well, there you go, is it? But I I think my, my point is that every stage has a purpose for being there. So don't, yeah. it's not a kind of go in and cherry pick and, oh, I'll come in and I'll just get texture at the end because that's the bit I really want to learn. You've got to understand how texture fits in with all the other things. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of it, isn't it? So, I mean, all the questions about like physically how it works, what you log into, the portal, what days, what times it is, all of that is covered on on that link. So that's bit.ly slash CVP 2020. Um, and if you've got more questions for us, come over and join our, our current group. So that's called the Juiced Up Workshop Buddies Group 2020. And we're, we're discussing it in there. Um, not everybody will take this. This is not the right thing for everybody. So um, purpose of this really is just to help you make your mind up. This is the year for you. That's why we thought this would be a good plan. Yeah, and you can also you can also email either of us um, if you have a question you don't want to ask in front of other people. Good you point. can email us or message us on Facebook or yep. DM on Instagram or yep. wherever you contact people, and we'll do our best to get back to you ASAP. But it is kind of a busy time when we say ask us questions, we get lots, so we just give us yeah. give us a day or two to respond. Yeah. So you have got until February the 26th at 11.59, so just before midnight, um, that's Pacific time. So if you're listening in the UK, um, if you really want to leave it that far, you can have a sleepless night on the 26th and then you can get up before, <laughs> you can get up before um, eight o'clock in the morning and do it then, but don't miss it. 
basically. Yes, when they when they close it down, they do close it down. That's it yeah. because the program starts. It, it does. It, it starts the next, the next day. day. So, it starts the yeah. next day. Yeah. So not not that much longer. But that's why we thought we would just drop this one in as a little bit of um, uh, uh, weekend listening for you. Okay. I hope that was helpful. Um, if you do have any, do have there, another. We have another episode coming up on Tuesday, just as normal. Yeah. Uh, so this is replacing zones. that. This is extra. Yeah. Just because we love you. <laughs> we haven't had like any, any sleepless <laughs> nights recently at all. Or working no. until 2.30 a.m., Alice. <laughs> oh, I can't do that. Oh, no. 2.30? I know, oh, what do you, but do you know what, though, sleep, I, I just, I was just like happily in my zone, like doing all the things. And then I looked at the time on my computer and I was like, what? That's not a good move. <laughs> it's not a good move. But there we go. It's what happens in half term. All right. Um, I think that's everything. I think it is. So let us know if you get any questions. Yep. And we will see you as normal on Tuesday. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.